So in difficult times, you find yourself asking, well, what's going on? Or why? And I think this is a more appropriate time than anything to ask those things. Being that we are in a difficult situation with the pandemic happening, but also something that's been happening that is endemic, which is racism, police brutality, which is definitely an epidemic to the United States and probably all over the world. So today we're going to be talking about the current situation in the world and a personal note with me and Julian about our experiences with uh, everything that relates to this and to talk about where hopefully we can go from here. So, and Julian, sorry for that less than energetic intro and somewhat somber, but how are you doing? You know, I'm crushing it. We're about to uh, talk about the foundation of America that has come to light. That's always been there and it's just more public than ever. And, you know, share our experiences because we're both African-American. Well, I guess, Jordan, now you're African-American-European hybrid, the the three name status, uh, and just kind of roll you guys through our thoughts and perspectives on everything going on in two different countries. Yeah. So I guess I'll start and obviously just to catch up to all the listeners and just to make sure we're starting off on the same ground if you possibly missed anything. But obviously there's been a lot of rioting and protesting off the back of the murder of George Floyd, who was a gentleman in Indianapolis who was either African-American or black. And from there, there's been a bipartisan upheaval or up in arms of the actions that happened. And there's a video out there of what happened to George Floyd. And I suggest not watching it if you are faint of heart at all. Uh, I believe it's absolutely horrific. There's been a lot of action on the back end with protesting and rioting and I believe that the reaction has been quite quick, and I think that that is a symptom of the videos coming out quite quickly afterwards. Cell phones are one of the most impressive creations in mankind's history, and many people are saying how beneficial they are, and it's been great for spotting these tragic events with certain prejudices showing up more often and from my perspective i don't think it's happening more often i think you're just filming and catching racism more often i think it's always been in the shadows it'll always be there but this has been the boiling point after you have george floyd brianna taylor maude arbery and a span of three months and very unjust deaths that more and more people are starting to realize the plight of people of color or minorities in general with the leading front runner being the tensions between the African-American community and the foundation or the system that has been oppressing many individuals kind of coming to a head. And I think that it's not just there's, well, there's multiple ways that people will talk about it, but you'll hear a lot of systemic racism. And this comes down to the way that well, one of the aspects is the way that police interact with citizens and people who are uh, minorities. And there's going to be a lot of uh, causation and correlation with uh, police presence in uh, minority majority areas. 
that then you'll find more crime there. And of course, there's also the presence of judicial prejudice um, that we've seen in cases uh, or bias, you can call it. So I think it's multi-headed. And you think you said it right, Julian, where, you know, I think this anger was seething before this. And this absolutely compounded and has escalated everything. So I believe that it's it's almost like a fire where it's it's almost getting to the point of being uncontrollable, um, which is scary to see. But foreseeably, I the things that I think about is when does it stop? What's the end game? What does two weeks from now look like? Are people still going to be pushing this and thinking logically about this now that the emotions have hopefully been digested a little bit and not as raw? Or do we forget about it? The thing that many individuals don't understand that aren't a person of color or African-American in this sense is that, as Jordan alludes to, in two weeks, it can this could blow over. You can stop posting on social media and, you know, spreading positive information. Social activism has been great so far in helping fund those who need help and helping protesters. But at the end of the day, Jordan and I can't turn off the color of our skin, right? So when this blows over and tensions are still hot, I, myself, Jordan, our friends, brothers, etc., are still going to be walking around is a visible difference as African-Americans. And that's why I believe this moment is so important. It's not so much for Jordan and I, because it's not going to change overnight, but it's going to be a big moment for if we have kids or the next generations to not go through these systemic failures and judgments that Jordan and I went through, our parents went through, and so on, so back to make the future generations live a better life, even if it's 5% better. We've done our part, and I think this is a, a large culmination to make a very big change that starts with minor elections to larger elections to larger structural conceptual changes in communities, workplaces, states, regions, countries, etc. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, well, I can't imagine that racism is just going to evaporate uh, in our lifetime at all. It, I think it'll be a gradient, but I also think there'll be, it's fundamental and there's a lot of hard things to deal with, being that this has been an issue since possibly the inception of the country. And of course, this isn't the first time we've tried to address it. I do believe that those times have edged us in the right direction. If you look at, you know, someone's whole life away, so 70 years ago, it's so much better for people, minorities, and obviously not only in the U.S., but around the world. And I think we're probably, it's never been better, but there's absolutely a long way to go. And hopefully, well, I think... I think it's going to take a few things, but one of the bigger things is, oh, let me backtrack. I guess I heard this um, from a female. Uh, It was something I've heard. It's called unconditional positive regard. And basically you want the best for someone's best. So breaking that down, 
whenever somebody breaks something or whenever somebody does something good, you celebrate them for that and you expect that to happen. But of course, that means that you are severe on the back end when somebody or a group of people doesn't do their best and that needs to be addressed to live up to the ultimate potential of um, one person, one community or group. And I think that on both sides, this needs to be upheld in almost a ecosystem of unconditional positive regard. Right. I think there also falls into the realm of working towards better education and these changes in America that people are protesting and working towards and starting to realize on a larger conceptual scale of how things are going to have the best people in those positions or the right foundation or altering the foundation to make that possible and finding the best in the best is going to take some time but we're in some regards moving in the right directions due to identifying these failures as a nation and it's not just based on race we've identified a lot of failures over the past two and a half, three months during a global pandemic in the state of America, where citizens are understanding what it's built on and finding the ways to change. And, you know, that starts with the conversation and what we're seeing now and hopefully carries on to the polls and voting to elect officials in your local statewide national communities and also having the tougher conversations with maybe your workplace maybe those tougher conversations with your local police department to understand those changes to make sure that you are finding the best in the best yeah and there's two things that i wanted to bring up in the things that you just said right there one is i definitely not people based because there is a lot or granted there's different people out there and different people can do different things and have different perspectives so consciously biased but that means it's a peaceful people aspect but what do we do with those people are we just going to turn our back on the whatever percentage of racists that are out there i've never you know, I I personally get irritated, um, and I'll give you a kind of an anecdote about this. I was listening to uh, an article about a black woman, a black author, who was a woman who was saying that she was done talking to white people about their white privilege or the black experience. And I think that's the most ridiculous thing ever. Because no problem I have ever had or I've ever heard of anyone having uh, them ignoring it or myself ignoring that uh, has solved itself. And I think that that approach is obviously not not a valid, you know, solution to anything, especially racism, which is something that's subconscious and gets fostered and grows kind of underneath somebody's um psyche possibly i don't think there's any solution of somebody being ignored because they have a different thought or view and i think we should be working with those people more because um and well 
and creating experience so that those racist thoughts and experiences are undermined because of course they are fallacies. So the, and switching gears as well. One thing that I've been hearing that I think is absolutely ridiculous as well is defunding the police. And once again, I think it's a system thing. Without funding, those these police don't have body cameras. So they can't, we can't police them. And without funding, they don't get the proper training to either subdue people correctly or bias training or bias screening with uh, making sure that we have police officers that are have the right personality and right ideas and right thoughts to be police officers and obviously not controlling them, but um, in the sense of being the best fit. And I want to hear your opinion about that, Julian. The police one is interesting, and I'll circle back to that one. The stopping the conversation doesn't make sense to me. I agree with you on that. I mean, I've seen the videos of large gatherings of predominantly Caucasian Americans repenting racism, saying, I will no longer be racist or racism will stop. Like in the same regard, if you stop the conversation and then white America thinks just saying a couple words is going to stop racism, you're wrong, right? You can't, I can say I want to end racism every single day of my life, but if I don't make any actions to change the system, it's not going to change anything, right? But circling back to the, the police thing is interesting. I think, uh, I hate the phrase bad apple, right? Cause I don't think it's a bad apple. I think it's a bad farm or a bad orchard. I think as you're alluding to the system and the foundation it's been built on is wrong. It hasn't been modified for current times. And so to speak, there's good apples or maybe a bunch of good apples, but the wrong that is being done in the police force more often outweighs the good that is being seen in regards to funding. I'm not sure how it, how that breakdown goes and where their budgets are going. I know like, the training process, I think Neil Grass Tyson pointed out, you know, in the New York Police Department, it's about six months of training um, to be an officer, while it takes eight months to be a pastry chef, right? And so there's a little bit of an odd balance for someone who has lethal force and lethal weapons to be on the street, and but it takes two extra months to learn how to make a croissant. So I think there is some things that need to be changed in the system and the training of the police force. I don't know if funding, you know, cutting funding or increasing funding is the answer. Um, but I do think there needs to, to be an update or a change in that system. Yeah. I mean, fundamentally at a very base level, the reason that I think that cutting funding is not the right option or even going past that, the reason that I think that there's something there that should be happening with funding because if we look at it right now it's not working so either there needs to be a different way of training that could be more efficient it's cost efficient or it could be more extensive and we're not going deep enough currently so either way it comes down to there needs to be something done or something changed with the system like you alluded to and i was saying and that's where I think it should go. 
So regardless of funding or not, I think it should be a much more obvious answer to increase funding, increase training time, increase the utilities and courses and things of that nature to make sure that the police officers and are trained to the utmost and can understand how to subdue, train, and are tested properly because I think that is absolutely unacceptable. Uh, just the same way that in our a later podcast, we talked about uh, if you have poor eyesight, you can't be an astronaut or pilot. I think that that is a disability and so is racism. But much more, I think it's absolutely curable. But I just don't think you should be a police officer with it. That's fair. I think from my perspective, there's two things I look at is I I just have to see where that budget is going to because I've seen some absurd numbers being thrown out there for the local Portland Police Department and national police departments and hundreds of thousands of dollars a day being cut. But I don't know. I don't even know the police department's got that much money, if I'm being honest. And I don't know what that breakdown is and what percentage is actually going to training and what is actually going to frivolous other uh, spendings. Right. Um, And the other thing I look at, I mean, this is an experience thing and it's maybe it's a hot take, but I've never called the police in my life. Um, I've never really known anyone that's called the police in their life. And I think there's something happening nowadays where this distrust is growing so much less and less people are calling on the system to solve their problems because they've lost hope. Um, and I think that addresses that larger issue of maybe giving more funding gives people that department, like you said, better training on building a relationship in the community to trust police officers. Because as a young black man in America, in between the ages of 17 and 21, I was pulled over 22 times. And since then, I've never really looked back to being a trustworthy source of someone who's pulled me over 22 times from where we were and never got a ticket, right? And I think that comes from our experience. And I think more and more individuals are starting to feel that experience and that trust is being lost. And so on that side of things, maybe it is funding that will help that. Or maybe people believe in the idea that cutting funding will make them focus on training more to build that trust so that we do fund them in the future. I'm not sure. Wow. 22 times, man. That's serious. And that's even worse that you didn't get a ticket in the way where due to that, you weren't, I mean, 22 times for warnings, that that isn't something that is, you know, well, Julian, you're not too, you're not cute enough to get your way out of that. (laughs) But I think that that just shows that it wasn't like you were necessarily speeding that you would necessarily get a ticket for, but they were just seeing and they wanted to check you out, which is just absolutely horrible. Yeah, I think that going back to what you said about you wouldn't, well, your first line of defense would be to call the police and you never have. I think that that is, you know, I would say the same thing for me. And granted, it's different over here, but back in the States, I would be very, well, 
reluctant or well any situation that I've been in or would be in the chances are I'd be more uncomfortable with the situation if police were involved than if they weren't so basically some group that was supposed to be productive it's almost like a min max so the minimum was maximumed or and the maximum is minimum um being that when the police is involved through my eyes, which is, you know, obviously debunks the reason for this, but we have this aversion to them. But yeah, I definitely agree. Even though I haven't been pulled over 22 times, the times that I have been pulled over, absolutely none of them have been pleasant. And not just because I got a ticket, but the interaction with the officers, you know, made me feel that I just prefer not to through my experiences, I just prefer not to go there at all. If there's another way around it, I'll chances are I'll go that way before I probably go to the police and, you know, general aspects. That's one of the, the bigger things, right, that we're looking at in this in this area is first of all, that trust connection is no longer what it is or what they originally think it is. Um, but I think the scarier thing in my opinion is these tensions are rising and we're catching i don't know if catching is the right term but we're filming the idiots right those who are dumb enough to put their prejudice and their racism and their racist antics or ideologies in the public and get caught i think in the shadows those individuals who are highly intellectual and have those prejudice or believe in the class system or are racist or raised in a racist home are could be in positions of power and we have no clue and that's going to make things much worse down the road and maybe that's a once again maybe that's something as time goes on more and more start to come out but for me as now a young african-american adult that's the big question scary nerve-wracking areas how do things in the dark um whether it is an officer or it's a manager or it's someone on the street like how does that change things we'll just find out yeah and i guess that well two things that i think are important on that and i would like to say on that one I think that writing and looting is absolutely ridiculous. I think that that this that is literally not what this protest is about for George Floyd. And I think there's two different people. There's protesters and the rioters. And the rioters are absolute predators. Um, just like the cops that are beating up peaceful protesters. There was a journalist that lost her eye because she got shot in the eye with a rubber bullet. And obviously that wasn't the only case. There's been horrific stuff going on right now and absolutely unconscionable. And I obviously, I think that it's going on both sides, but there's, you know, obviously we're protesting because one of the sides has um, been noted to be um, poor in the aspect of protecting everybody, as we've seen in the case of George Floyd and many others. That. And from my perspective, I think I, I know police officers and those individuals are great people and they do their diligence and they have their morals. 
and they aren't the typical police officers you're seeing being caught on camera. But at this point, when you look at the rate of police officers caught on camera in the past week, week and a half, understanding to where they're going to be, the mental strength that you'd think an officer would have being on the front line of a riot line who is protesting police brutality after a man was murdered for a counterfeit $20 bill that you would see less of this occurring, but it's almost gotten worse in some regards. And I'm not sure, you know, what that means in the large scheme of things. It's just a very interesting thing to see a lot of true colors come out here. And to Jordan's point, right, this isn't all about police brutality. There's obviously people sneaking in behind protester lines and aggravating and poking the bear, so to speak. And, you know, protesters are trying to invoke this action to get more proof. But it's just not what you'd expect it to be, especially when you have people who are trying to do silent and peaceful protests. You know, one of the images has been Kaepernick for a while peaceful protest didn't work. No one liked it. And then everyone discouraged it, uh, or at least a certain administration did. And then trying a peaceful protest now just escalates to violence. So I don't know what to say there, but (laughs) I guess things are happening. Yeah. And I'd be curious too. One thing I was talking to my brother about, it worries me because I can't figure it out just yet. When it comes to issues or problems, in general, I will try to put myself in another person's shoes, especially in this case, and try to figure it out and deduce what's going on. Why would they want this? And possibly to find a solution, of course, is the end game. And I, you know, I was telling him and I, I'm just not sure why I can, how I can figure this out, why there would be people handing out bricks or paying looters or well you know i'm just worried because like i i can't figure it out and i don't i don't know if it's like my lack of creativity or my empathy the only solution that you know i could think is is that um the you know they're just evil people if i can't figure it out and i'm sure very very small amount of people are just evil and so when i just come to that it's just so troubling because there's no solution to just evil people i mean of course there's solutions to taking care of evil taking care of evil people but there's just so much more constructive things to do and you know man i i just don't know those are humans on the other side those police officers are humans but my thing is why what do they want i or like you know how are they feeling um, those things are what I'm trying to figure out and think about. And it's, you know, it's super, it's super tough. I can't figure it out. But truly, if you guys, you know, have any ideas or thoughts on that point, I would love to hear from you. Because right now I'm having trouble trying to figure this one out myself. So if you do, or you thought about this, please reach out to us. On a side note, of course. Because I'm curious, of course. Julian, have you thought about that at all? Uh, I would say that I think good and evil has always been subjective. I think those who, 
you know, a normal person would consider evil, maybe doing things in their best interest. And I think a lot of these instances of those who are instigating events are uh, reacting off of their primal nature for carnage and destruction and the the result of what happens if I put this here, who utilizes it, what other person will, you know, I won't get in trouble. Will this, will I see more fireworks? I want to see buildings burned down. And it's, yeah, it's an interesting thing to see why people react that way who may not even be for either side. They just want to see war. They just want to see blood. They just want to see death. And it's an unfortunate thing. And you'd hope that individuals who have, located this issue and it's become known are not poking the bear any longer with those items. And, you know, for the most part, things have gotten a little bit more peaceful. But to your point, I think finding that balance, or maybe it's just that big miscommunication of trust between, you know, someone who swore an oath to protect versus someone protesting something that's broken. It's always going to be a tough balance. Uh, And I don't, you know, I'm, interested to see yeah like you said in in the beginning here what happens in two weeks three weeks or what's worse is you know all these people who are talking their talk right and don't end up voting in america uh because you don't vote and maybe you keep this your local mail mayor in or your local governor whoever it may be and you see the same results and all this goes to nothing one it's not only made things worse for the United States of America, but it's also made things much worse for minorities and people of color and much worse for the police because things aren't going to get better for them after this um, if no one wins, right? Because the police are basically in a lose-lose scenario. Uh, So it's just, yeah, we'll be uh, curious to see how momentum changes, you know, come November December time frame. Yeah. I just hope that it's, I hope, well, I hope that it's just one of those things where we are still galvanized by it and hold this and hold the emotional discipline because it's important where we have sympathy and compassion because those are really powerful emotions, but logical or logic and reasoning is paramount to executing a goal. You might be compelled to execute from compassion, but you need to have reason and thoughtfulness behind how you're going to execute to achieve the goal. So yeah, I I hope that this this conversation continues to get worked on and these topics continue to get brought up in these next two weeks. I just know that there's going to be people that who hop on it for the clout. And I'm sure that some of them are, you know, are on social media. So I don't expect it to be as hot as it ever will be. You know, I don't think I'm naive about that being that we're talking about George Floyd going forward. But I, I believe that the majority of people are here for change, which is an amazing sign. And hopefully we go from here and make something different, like you said, for future generations of minorities or biracial um, people of any sort. And that's what I hope for. 
yeah, it'll uh, it'll be curious times. I mean, there's a lot of variables here, as Jordan and I just discussed, mainly the police brutality aspect of it. Uh, there's a lot of things that are truly, uh, whether you look at mass incarceration, you look at the education system, you look at healthcare, you look at finance, you look at banks. Uh, there's a lot of things wrong, and I think a lot of people are starting to understand that. Not saying America's at a, a terrible place. There's a lot of opportunity for growth, um, but you know, hopefully this sheds some light on why it's important to understand your personal values and your morals and make those decisions that are going to benefit your community, your state, your country at the end of the day, uh, and make things better, not just for you, but for those future generations. You know, if you can make things 1% better every day, you know, in the long run, things are going to be in a lot better place. Uh, and I appreciate you guys for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I hope you enjoyed, uh, Jordan and I having a more serious conversation, uh, as always shoot us an email, leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear what you said. Uh, Jordan, any, any final, final words? Yeah. Thanks for listening. And for all those who got this far, really, really appreciate it that you would, take 35 plus minutes of your day to listen to us talk and talk about something that's very important to both of us. Like Julian said, please reach out to us, rate us on all the platforms and the specifically the one that you found us on and obviously get out there and vote, not just at the highest level, but at the local level and change the community around you and around the States for the better. And uh, as always, remember, we're your fastest paleontologist podcast on the platform. We appreciate your time and we'll catch you next week.